This program has references to family violence, men's violence, and violence in general. Please take care and turn off the podcast if it is triggering for you. People impacted by sexual assault, domestic or family violence and abuse can contact 1-800-RESPECT, 1-800-737-732, a 24-hour national sexual assault, domestic and family violence counseling and support service. This podcast is recorded as part of Safer Pathways Project in Prevention of Violence Against Women, funded through the Australian Government's Department of Social Services. The views presented in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the funder nor of MCWH. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of this land. I pay my respects to Aboriginal elders past, present and emerging and I acknowledge that as migrants to this country, we benefit daily from the displacement of Aboriginal people and colonization of their land. Hello, I'm Vahide from Multicultural Center for Women's Health, and you're listening to Making the Links, a prevention of violence against women project that aims to help migrant and refugee women living in regional areas that are experiencing or at risk of family violence and sexual assault to access support services. Why do we say migrant and refugee at MCWH? There are lots of terms that people use to talk about migrant and refugee communities. At MCWH, we use the term migrant and refugee to describe anyone living in Australia who was born overseas or whose parents or grandparents were born overseas in a predominantly non-English speaking country. We say migrant and refugee to highlight the impacts of migration and settlement process on women's health and well-being. It reminds us that the barriers we face are mostly because of systems and policies, not because of cultures or countries we come from. In this episode, I will be talking to Vina Barsiwal on family violence and its impact on victim survivors' mental health and well-being. Vina has been working with Shakti Migrant and Refugee Women's Support Group in Melbourne for the last two and a half years. Vina is a medical doctor who is into counselling full-time because of her determination to empower clients to lead a more productive and fulfilling life. She wants to empower women facing domestic violence and help them rebuild their lives. She says that this has been very challenging but equally satisfying for her. The poem is about Sabah, who was killed by her partner last year in Sydney. Goodbye, Sabah. To Sabah too soon, we bid goodbye. With tears in our eyes, we ask why. Why did she have to live in fear? Why her feelings he could never hear? How can you even call this love? Whenever you want, you punch and shove. How can love ever look like this? Isn't it supposed to be warmth and bliss? Like a bird, she wanted to fly. Tell me, is 23 any age to die? How do we curtail such a demon? Do we stay weak just because we are women? Why can't we too have a voice? Why are we not given a choice? Come on, come on, give us some rights. We are sick and tired of all the frights. 
Let me live, let me live, she must have cried, perhaps until her last breath had dried. Too saba, too soon, we bid goodbye. With tears in our eyes, we ask why. To how many more sabas do we bid goodbye? To how many more sabas do we bid goodbye? And with tears in our eyes, we ask why, why, why? Rina, welcome to this episode of Making the Links and thank you for sharing your poem. I know that you have written this poem for Sabah, a young woman killed by her partner last year for whom Shakti held an online candlelight vigil. Vina, it would be great if you could tell us a little bit about Shakti and their work in Australia. Thank you, Aida, for ha having me on the program. Uh, Shakti is a not-for-profit organization. It is for the migrant women and by the migrant women. It helps women and children facing domestic violence and who are from Asian, African, and Middle Eastern origin. Shakti means strength. And strength means we are trying to empower these women and children to live a life of dignity, free from fear of violence, so that they are able to exercise their rights, choices, and responsibilities. Because as you know, Veda, that it's not only about responsibilities, it is also about being able to be a productive member of the society, to be a productive citizen, and to be able to lead a fulfilling life where you know your rights and you are able to make choices and good choices, positive choices. Shakti advocates social change and works towards the overall well-being against oppression and against gender-based violence. Shakti was started in uh, uh, United Kingdom, in UK, uh, known as Shakti 8, 45 years ago. And it was started by a South African Indian lawyer who faced domestic violence. And she, she started this organization. Farida Sultana, who started the organization in New Zealand, she was a client of Shakti UK. When she uh, moved to New Zealand and she found that there was a big gap for how the migrant women were being serviced and how, how they could be serviced in a better way. She started this organization, Shakti New Zealand, uh, with seven other migrant women. They have a 24 hours crisis line at the moment, and they have uh, five culturally specialist safe houses, apart from other facilities that which they can provide to the women and children there. In 2011, uh, Hira Chaudhary, along with a group of other nurses, started Shakti Melbourne. And uh, again, she noticed that there was a gap, there was an unmet need in the community for these women. And that is how she felt the need to start this organization in Melbourne. And uh, Sogra Moradi, who was another founding member of Shakti in New Zealand, who had moved to Sydney now, and she was the one who started in uh, uh, New South Wales in 2012. So. Shakti works, uh, apart from case management, we also provide placement for university students, and that is very important. Students who are doing social work masters and students who are studying counseling, uh, it is very important because these students are being trained to become tomorrow's workforce who can help the women and children from migrant backgrounds, again, from Asian, African, Middle Eastern origin. Counseling is another of our services. I'm the counselor with Shakti Melbourne, and uh, we connect clients with different organizations. 
because unfortunately due to lack of funding we do not have our own lawyer our own safe house so we do can't provide housing to the client we cannot provide uh, legal help immediate legal help to the client so the best we can do at the moment is to uh, connect the client with appropriate services we know we know that family violence has short term effects and long term effects on women's and children's mental health and well-being you have been working with women and children as a counselor so in your experience uh, what is the general experience of uh, migrant and refugee women and children accessing counseling support in australia there is stigma as we know there is a big stigma attached to counseling as such and uh, normally it is seen that if somebody needs counseling there's something wrong with them people usually like i don't need counseling it is the other person there's something wrong with them they should go and have counseling and not me sometimes these women are not able to travel alone because they have been controlled in such a way they haven't been allowed to go anywhere by themselves like last week i was contacted by a woman who was contacting me on behalf of her neighbor who was being controlled by her family and uh, her phone had been taken away as well by the her, by her husband and in-laws so obviously she she wouldn't have the confidence or she wouldn't be allowed to have the confidence to travel to go out to talk to people so when when suddenly they find themselves in that situation they cannot travel and uh, what we do shakti another thing like uh, the services we have is that our our students social work students they accompany the clients say if they need to go to the court if they need to go to the police station or um, uh, things like that then they arrange for them and they go with them to build up that confidence and then to show them then sometimes they may have no money to travel so particularly the clients who are not pr or citizen they get very little help from the government which means that they have to fend for themselves and the the husband the partner the, the perpetrator would usually have a good job they would have the money but these women would not like i had a client so her husband took away all the money the even the money she had like saved and he took all the money and she had nothing and she could not travel she could not do anything without money and uh, then one of the other things is that some women come with the expectation that the counselor is going to advise them what i would like to say is that a good counselor will not be giving advice at all yes we can suggest things to you we can help you make an informed choice but i will not tell you what you should do to fix your life why because you are an expert on your life you are the one living it role of the counselor is to enable the client to see that they are able to make a choice they are able to think what is best for them because they have been treated in such a way that they have started feeling that they are not capable of making choices or making the right choices let's say my role is to empower them to enable them to see okay you can make choices and you can stand up for yourself and rebuild your life another thing i would say is it is ironical that when they are facing this problem they are having the crisis and all they do not prioritize counseling why because there are more important needs out there like and which is understandable legal housing food so these are the things which anyone will think of first what 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 do I, where do i go from here what do i do just practical stuff what do the children eat how can we be safe so all these things are much more important at the same time they need that clarity of mind to be able to make choices which will be in long term good for them 
I was listening to you and I was thinking in order to better support victim survivors, we sometimes think, and it is very true, that it's important to know their cultural background. But in general, can any counselor support women from migrant and refugee background in their journey? Like one of my clients said, she got married to a white Australian and she has been here for 15 years. She faced problems. She met counselors and uh, other people. And when she had counseling with me, she said that I have felt heard and understood after 14 years. So it can be so different. Like when you really feel whatever you're saying, the other person is totally getting it. That why, why are you still staying in the relationship? Why did you not leave? Why did you do what you are doing? So it is very important at times. It matters a lot having the same background to understand because culture is very deep-rooted. Our beliefs are very deep-rooted. Like uh, I'll give you an example where uh, this client was facing abuse and she told her parents and her father said, I don't want a dead daughter. I would rather have a divorced daughter than to have a dead daughter. But this lady she was like, I don't want a tag of divorcee. She was like, I don't want that tag. So here, the younger generation, who is this lady, although her parents are telling her, it's, it's okay, you separate, we don't want you dead. But it is so ingrained in her that I will fail completely if I get divorced or something like that. And at times, a person from the same background can understand. Now, at the same time, it does not matter. Why? Because the human language is the same. Because empathy has no language. So I can show empathy through a look, through a smile. So I don't need to be from the same culture to be able to understand someone else. No, not at all. What I would like to point out here, though, is that it is very important not to assume things, even if you are from the same culture. That will do more harm. Because if I just assume that, okay, Vaida is from India, I'm from India, so our thinking will be exactly the same. No. I'll be mistaken because we might think totally different ways. We might want to live our lives differently. Different things might make us happy. Second thing is not to judge because in counseling, we say the most important thing is to build that therapeutic relationship. And that is built through being non-judgmental, through giving positive regard, through being empathetic. At the same time, the idea is also to move the client forward. When I'm in the role of a counselor, I have to just be that. What does that mean? That I will not be pushing the client towards any end that, okay, you should be doing this. I have to stay with the client where they are and then move with the client as they are ready to move. I always say that the clients, they are not weak. They are strong people. And through counseling, we just make them realize that they have all the power they need. Thank you, Vina. You're listening to Making the Links, a prevention of violence against women project. Interpreters. This is a big one. <laughs> I guess usually it can be complicated when someone wants to talk about their mental health and emotional well-being in general. You know, someone wants to talk to you in a counseling session. Have you ever had a, an interpreter present yes. in your counseling session? 
Can you tell us a bit about that and maybe if you have any recommendation for counselors who might use interpreters? I'll have to bring up, I can't help but bring up funding again because we do not have funding. So we are not able to afford um, interpreters uh, regularly. And uh, sometimes we have to turn away the clients because of that. And we really feel bad about that. And uh, I have used uh, staff members or students on placement, of course, with using confidentiality. And the sessions have gone well. The clients have uh, been helped. Again, see, it is... Uh, what is the most important thing, again, is not the ethnicity or the background or the age or anything like that. It is being present with the client as a counselor. So that is the most important thing. And uh, once you are present and you feel the client, even if you don't understand what exactly they are saying, like when I was counseling with this client and uh, initially she was looking at the interpreter and she would say things. And then she was looking at me and talking as if she I could understand. And she was saying, and half of the things you can actually understand from the expression, from how they are saying and from how they are smiling or not smiling or uh, how, how the look in their eyes as such. So feel the client, be present and just have the patience because it does need patience as things are being interpreted and you have to wait for your turn and you have to, you have to build that rhythm. Uh, yeah, I think that is the best thing that you have to build that rhythm to and fro where uh, the client feels comfortable and uh, feels heard and understood. Yeah, Vina, it has been brought in many counseling sessions and consultation sessions that you know, there is lack of funding for interpreters. Sometimes health educators become interpreters and that's not really their job. But I guess we need funding in that area because, as you said, uh, if we don't put funding, then we have to turn away many, many clients. And I guess that's not what we want, really. Uh, it's really good that we talked about interpreters because we always talk about trauma-informed practice as well. Uh, that's something that comes up in consultation sessions with services as well. They always talk about trauma-informed practice when working with refugee and migrant communities. What should services consider when helping a woman from migrant and refugee who have experienced family violence? It would be great if you have a story that you know you have experienced in your work. So one of the things I say about trauma is that it's not about what has happened to the client but it is about what has happened here, here as in, in their heads, that how they see it, how they feel about it, and how it has made them feel. So what I mean by that is how the perpetrator has made them feel. When they are picked upon by the perpetrator again and again, the idea is to kill their confidence. So the women, they lose their self-esteem. So... The good thing is that since it is how they look at it, it can be treated, it can be helped, and they can get well, they can rebuild their lives, they can regain their self-esteem. Of course, the most important thing is the safety, the feeling of safety. So again, I have clients who have, uh, last week I was talking to someone and uh, they were saying that how they, they move around the house as if on eggshells and they are always scared and uh, oh, did I put this thing here? Did I leave out that thing? And what is he going to say? And uh, here the perpetrator doesn't allow her to use the washing machine. Oh, you are going to spoil it. 
So if it is really necessary, maybe you give me the clothes, I'll wash them. Otherwise, she hand washes them or he doesn't allow her to go to the kitchen, touch some of the things. So it is just controlling in a way where her, her self-esteem is going down by the day. And where she, everything she feels, no, I'm not able to do it well. And the thing is, she was telling me that when she's working, she's doing big transactions of money. She works for a bank and she's able to do that very confidently. When she's at her home, even when she has to transfer a little bit of money, she's like, I'm going to make a mistake. I'm going to make a mistake. So it is very important for her to feel uh, safe within the house or if she separates and, of course, feel that safety. Uh, whatever actions you'll take or whatever she'll do, it'll be from a place of safety. So definitely it will be better. Then to be aware that they have, yes, they have responsibilities, but they do have rights as well. When we are working with the client, we make the client make the choices. As in, these are your choices. These are the consequences. And the client should be the one making the choices. Like I mentioned earlier, that sometimes the clients are not brought up to feel that they are able to make choices. So that's a learning in itself. We maintain the professional boundaries and at the same time, we trust them to make their choices and we support them. Yeah, it's okay. Let's let's do this. If we do this, this is the consequence. If we make a decision and the client is not ready to take it up, who is going to live it? Again, like I said, the client is the expert on their life. So if they are not ready to implement it, you might make the best choices for them, but that's not going to happen. So that is why it is so important to trust the client to make the right choices and for the client to be able to trust you to be helping them in the best way. Whatever you feel, you don't have to be embarrassed. You do not have to feel guilty. You do not have to feel ashamed of anything. I understand. Of course, the validation, the empowerment is there and we help them build skills so that they can rebuild their lives. And so the basic understanding with the trauma-informed practice, I would say, is that not to blame them for having gone through Maybe they have stayed on for 20 years, 10 years. It varies from person to person. How I see is that until they have that hope, things are going to change. He will understand. He will come around. He will, they will continue. And that the day they lose hope, they are ready to move on. So I have, I'll quickly give the, day, the example of a client. She has been married for 12 years. She got the courage to, okay, enough is enough. She moved out of the house in their joint name. She was working full time. So she moved out of the house, took her house on rent and started living there. Now, see, she has the independence since she is earning the money. She moved out with the two kids. When the perpetrator called her, okay, we are going to sign a contract for the sake of the children, for the best of the children. You come over. And her mom said, I'll also come with you so that I can also see what he's saying. The perpetrator said, no, don't bring anybody. On his side, there were his, his friends. But she was not allowed to bring anyone. She went there. He gave her a paper. Okay, this is how we'll do it and with children and everything. And she signed and she came. Now she did that because she was so used to following his instructions. So there is a lot of unlearning. And as you might agree, unlearning is more difficult than learning something new. I had a client who, who was so scared that she would shiver whenever the perpetrator was around. And he would just slap her anytime and would say, oh, you made me do it. You do things to make me hit you or make me call you names or, or whatever it is. So we try to empower these clients to validate them and to provide them with hope and optimism and work towards rebuilding their lives.
Usually when we talk about trauma-informed practice, and I've seen this, services go through trainings that are very important, but sometimes it can actually take them away from the, a very important point that it's a safe place for the client. And you just mentioned it's the safety and building that relationship. But usually services focus on the migration journey, how they got here, what was it like back in their country, which are really important and relevant, but it can take you away from the client's strength, I guess, and Mm. resilience. It can take you away very easily because you will be focused on something that was in the past, which is important as you're a counselor, you know, it's important Mm -hmm. to know about that. But also it's important to provide space and maybe focus on the space between you and the client because that's the space that you have really. It's there and then and make a safe space for them and give them choice and give them voice. Because trauma, whenever we talk of trauma, we have to remember that it can be really volatile a situation. Like a client of mine from not being able to get out of the house Like physically and mentally, she felt so low and so weak to holding a job at the moment, doing very well for herself, rising through the ranks. At the same time, sometimes she just goes backwards because the impact is still there and she's still healing. But at the same time, this example shows that, yes, it is possible to be healed and to move, to make that journey and to to keep healing, to keep becoming stronger. And it is really nice to see her doing well and to support her to keep moving forward. And finally, Vina, is there anything that you would like to add to our conversation? I would like to just touch upon is that at Shakti, we we are looking at people who are facing forced marriage, dowry, honor killing, child marriage, And these are the problems which are still existing here. And that is why there is a need for an organization like Shakti, who understands that these problems are still existing and they need to be dealt with. A second thing I would like to point out, the prevention of family violence. And I have made an acronym, No Abuse, where uh, N is for new beliefs, new beliefs not only for girls. In today's time, girls are being educated a lot. They are being taught a lot of things, yes. But again, it is about the balance, isn't it? And the balance means the balance between boys and girls. So the boys also need to be taught to give respect to the girls. And respect, it is something mutual. And that is what is going to create balance. O is for observe. And where I get everybody in, like anybody, you, me, anybody, who is finding anything odd, they can just put out that question to that person or in some way, not directly, not uh, forcing upon something on someone. And uh, then A is for awareness. Awareness is about the rights and the duties. So yes, they have duties, but they should also be aware of their rights, that what is abuse and what is not. Even knowing that helps a lot. B is for balance. Balance is knowing that it is a team. It is a teamwork or uh, uh, being in a partnership, like as a husband and wife or being partners, is about being together and complementing one another. That's what I mean. And U is for unique individual and seeing each other as an individual. That is so very important. S is for storytelling, for sharing emotions. 
I feel that by sharing stories, we can have another chance at happiness, which we all deserve. E is for empowerment. Empowerment for me, equality between men and women. It means for me that they can work towards their potential and not studying for the same degrees, undertaking the same jobs. No, for me, that doesn't show that they are equal. Otherwise, you wouldn't have the uh, abuse that we have at the moment. Like uh, in Australia, we know that one woman is killed every week. So we wouldn't have that if education were the only thing which would make everyone equal. Equality, it means for me that a woman is able to walk down the street late at night and not fear being raped. That, that is what equality means for me, for being respected. Such a pleasure talking to you, Veena. Uh, thank you for sharing your experience and accepting our invitation today. Thank you for listening to us. This was presented through Making the Links, a prevention of violence against women project coordinated by MCWH and funded by the Australian government's Department of Social Services. People impacted by sexual assault, domestic or family violence and abuse can contact 1-800-RESPECT, 1-800-737-732. A 24-hour national sexual assault, domestic, family violence counseling and support service. For help in your language, contact InTouch at 1-800-755-988 or visit intouch.org.au. They provide legal support no matter what your visa status is. For the men's referral service, call 1-300-766-491. Lifeline telephone 131114. Service is available 24-hour a day for suicide prevention and crisis support. You can also get free translation support through TIS on 131-450 and ask them to call any of these numbers for you.